appreciate it. Appreciate being on. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a super easy rundown here. And for anyone listening, this is a rundown for you too. This is conversations. And really the, the genesis of this started in 2020, thinking about we just need more conversations. Even in yeah. 2023, now we, we need to have way more conversations, regardless of our beliefs, our backgrounds. It just so happens to be a, lo- a large portion of our audience is young leaders in the church, which mm. obviously is, is so much fun and a passion point for myself. So I'm excited to just kind of learn a little bit about you, what you're doing right now, and, and maybe as if you and I were sitting at coffee, this is this is the hope is if you and I are at coffee, we're just having a conversation. So maybe share a little bit of super easy rundown of who who's Pastor Chris Durso. Yeah. So first and foremost, man, thank you for having me on. Uh, I feel honored to be able to talk, hang out and, and have yeah. a conversation. Um, I am born and raised in New York, born and raised in Queens, New York. I'll be celebrating 18 years of marriage uh, to my Let's beautiful go. wife. Uh, next month, I have two beautiful children, Dylan and Chloe. Uh, they are 16 and 13, and we live in New York. Um, currently, I get to serve as a teaching pastor for several churches around the country, uh, which I'm here now for one of them in Colorado Springs for Zeal Church. Uh, so that is what I do beautiful. for a good portion of my time. Um, I'm also uh, the chaplain for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I'm also starting a, a Bible study in uh, Manhattan, Soho, Manhattan, yeah. which is a wild story. And that. That, that actually begins uh, not this Monday, the Monday after. Um, and the, the response has been pretty amazing. Uh, I'm an author um, and potential podcaster. I got a, got a couple of people. Uh, we're working out some stuff now. So, so that, that's Let's who go. I am. I'm just honored to be here. Well, I, Happy to be alive. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on again. It's going to be so much fun. And thanks for sharing a little bit. So you're, so Pastor Brandon was actually on conversation. So it's a funny, small circle. Um, oh, great. Pastor Brandon is incredible. He had so much uh, fun insights and got to learn so much from him. So just kind of jumping right in, uh, you, you've been in ministry for a long time. And again, the, the, the audience of this is is leaders, not just in the church, but also in the business yeah. space, because I, I kind of dabble in both of those as well. So w- what are you seeing right now in 2023 with leaders in the church, with maybe just leaders in general? Like, what are some observations as you travel around the world even of seeing specific character traits or maybe things where you're like, man, this is something that I really love. And this is maybe something where we're all growing together in this space. Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, I, I get to work with a lot of leaders too uh, across mm-hmm. the church world and outside of the church world. And sadly, the one thing I'm noticing post-COVID is fear. Uh, a lot of people seem to just be fearful of their future. It's almost like they're not sure what to believe in anymore. Uh, everyone is obviously taking a new approach because what they're believing is what 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 they were doing before isn't going to get them through to what uh, next. And I, I think that's true. And I also think it's not true. I, I think it's true that we have to be resourceful. I think we have to be creative. Um, we have to be, uh, entrepreneurs in a lot of ways that pick up those mindsets. But at the same time, I think we should be relying on who we are and the gifts that we have. Um, but right. That's a really broad statement. Um, you know, every week, um, I'm blessed to be able to travel to a different city 
and meet different pastors, different leaders, preach at different churches. And as I'm sitting with these pastors and leaders, uh, mainly, they they just seem to be a bit perplexed on how to respond to life, uh, yeah. because pastors so often feel the need to have all the answers. And you know, if you're watching this right now and you feel like, man, I'm one of those pastors, I totally understand that pressure. You know, 40 years old, I've been in ministry my whole adult life. I grew up in ministry. I grew up in a pastor's home. So I, I get it. Um, but the one thing I would say to anyone watching is, man, I don't think you have to have it all figured out. I actually don't think you have to know everything that's about to happen. I just think you got to be prepared for today. You know, I am big on preparation and planning for the future. But I think I think what what we when we're living in a perpetual state of having to look forward and plan, I just think we miss out on the moment. And I mm -hmm. think we got to be okay with rolling with the punches and yeah. being okay with, you know, what I'm doing now, I may not do forever. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was leading a church and from leading that church with everything that was going on, just in my world with the transition of my parents stepping out and wanting to step back in and, and us just going, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to continue on them. We're going to bow out and we're going to just keep on going. Like that was a pivot for us to go. Mm -hmm. man, I, I thought we were going to be doing this forever. And it was a right. It was a great lesson to go, Hey, there's a strong possibility that you won't, you know, other than mm -hmm. Jesus, my wife and my children, those are my three forever commitments. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm never going to say I'm fully committed to a city or a position. Cause I've just learned that that, that could all change. Yeah, that's so good. Do you feel like you've seen maybe people, cause I've, I've heard this and it kind of is I don't want to use the word trigger, but just an, an uh, initial thought of even when someone says that, though, of like, bro, I'm with you for life or pastor, I'm going to follow you for life. Do you feel like that's a red flag or something that you've seen where you're like, man, that don't, yeah, don't you say know, that? <laughs> yeah, I think any young leader watching me, I, th I think, or any leader, man, that, that says that I think mm -hmm. their heart is in the right place, right? So, so I yeah. love that. I appreciate that. But I would just encourage, I would just encourage to take that language and throw it out. I wouldn't commit to any church pastor for life. I, I just think, I just think that it is, it has been overstated. I think we've mm -hmm. the same way we've picked up trends uh, from other people on how to dress. I think we've picked up language from pastors mm -hmm. that we've listened to and people that we've looked up to, and they've they've used this beautiful language to describe honor. Right? If you if you're a part of the church world, especially the non-denominational charismatic church world. Man, it's honor, honor, honor. And I think we yep. create this, this uh, false sense of honor and we misappropriate mm -hmm. honor. You know, we, we honor God ultimately. And if he calls me to this place, I'm going to be here. And every day that I'm called, I'm going to be there heart and soul, right? That's some of that language, by the way. I'll be here heart and soul. And I think that's beautiful language. I just think when we put a forever on it, we, we set ourselves up for a, a whole lot of expectation. And we don't even realize what's down the road or what's to come. Yeah, no, absolutely. We actually did a whole episode called Honor Overdose. And is this idea, I think it was... <laughs> That's a great I think name. It was, I think it was John Piper or somebody kind of in that or space of talking about uh, honor is medicine. And just like medicine, if you take too much of it, it, Ooh, it, it truly can be an overdose. So kind of flipping the coin though for the the season leaders those exact leaders those lead pastors listening to this how do we steward 
people in our churches and having the hand open kind of mindset with our with our audience or with our leaders. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. I mean, you just you just nailed it. You know, it's it's living with an open hand. You know, anything that's that's good, it comes from God. Anything mm -hmm. that God decides to take that is good and moves it along, that's also part of God's plan. So mm -hmm. if it's in my hand, I want to do my best with it. If he takes it out of my hand, then I don't want to hold on to it. You know, that's mm -hmm. this beautiful idea of living with an open hand. And I think that the difference between the Christian leaders that are leading churches. So I know we have Christian leaders across the board, entertainment, right. law, you know, uh, medicine. But when it comes to when it comes to leading churches specifically, we have to take this approach of a kingdom mindset that we are building the king's kingdom. We're not building right. our kingdoms, right? We've heard it said that there are people that build God's kingdom and then other people that want to build their own castles. And, you know, mm -hmm. pastors are never called to build castles. We're only called to build the kingdom. And the way the kingdom works is you have you have leaders that will pour into other leaders and then those leaders continue to pour into other leaders. I think another word to switch out here as opposed to leader would be disciple. You know, mm -hmm. the exact word picture of a disciple is literally a student teacher a student teacher. And the word picture is I'm learning and then I'm giving. I'm learning and then I'm giving. I'm learning something new. I'm teaching the new that I've learned. And it's this idea that it doesn't just stay with me or remain with me, but it flows through me. We, we, we see this beautiful example. Paul goes and picks up Timothy, right? And then it becomes the start of the building of the church. But then he sends out Timothy and then Timothy establishes churches all over. Timothy only stood with him, but for so long. And mm -hmm. I think that we have to we have to be big enough leaders yeah. as kingdom individuals to look at it that way. In fact, in fact, it stifles the kingdom when we try to hold on to people because there are people that are called seasonally to certain places that should serve those places with all their heart and be a part of it, get dirty, it's messy, it's time consuming, right? It's all those things. But when their time mm -hmm. is up, man, let's let them go. Yeah, and bless them and not and not make yeah. them feel awkward and not and not make them feel guilty because For here's sure. the truth if god's calling that person out that's another region another place even if it's across the street by the way um god's mm -hmm. going to use them in a great and mighty way and then he's also then going to provide for another person to come on in um you know yeah. i just think if we're creatures of habits that's a difficult mindset to wrap your head around and i got to be honest i'm a creature of habit I'm, I, I can be pretty boring. I, I like doing the same things. <laughs> same. I, I like talking to the same people, right? Like mm -hmm. I have my normal flow and I enjoy it. I enjoy waking up early in the morning, getting my coffee, walking my dog, reading my Bible, spending time in prayer, worship, getting my kids ready for school, driving them to school, picking up a coffee, coming back home, going on a walk with my wife, run some errands. Then as the day winds down, we get dinner ready, watch some television, eat a yogurt with granola, go to Let's bed. Go. Like that, that sounds like that, that's, that's a dream for me. That's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world um, right. right there. So, but yeah. when, when anything messes with the schedule or the, or the program, mm -hmm. we get ruffled by it. And I just think we have to be, we have to be the kind of leaders that go, Hey, every leader that is called to be a part of what we're building can and may also be called out. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone wants to be the exception. No, no, I found my forever. And no one right. was forever. 
Jesus wow. wasn't forever, by the way. He, he came and he was on earth for 33 years and he did ministry for three years and he was with his disciples. And then after he left them and then they dispersed. I mean, this is exactly what the Bible is teaching us all the way through. But I think a lot of times we, we miss those. We miss those stories or we we miss the 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 moments that are actually transpiring because we want to be those that man find our you know we're one and done we got our crew we're doing it forever yeah no, and I mean, and by the way so i i think the heart of the pastor is beautiful by the way because you know mm -hmm. you found someone you could trust and it's not always easy to trust uh right at trust yeah and pe pe people they be people you know, <laughs> right. people do people oh, things. Yeah. And I'm a person. I, I do people things. So I'm not saying it like oh, yeah. I'll say better. It. I just think all of us across the board are people at the end of the mm -hmm. day. You know, one of my favorite quotes, yeah. it says, the best of men are men at best. Come on. How good is that? The best so of men are men at best. They're, they're human. They're not perfect. So, good. so anyone no. you, you work with or link up with, it's just a man. It's just a woman. Yeah, and, it, and just making sure we have clear expectations. We're not letting people down. And right, I, I love that. And you even mentioned something that I've—I think I've asked. I think this is the fifty-seventh episode of conversations. Every time we've asked this, you said you have a routine and you're pretty structured. I would assume, obviously, you travel so much. How do you yep. keep a structure? Because my wife and I, like, we just went to London for a week and came back, and I'm like, how? How in the world? Just like yeah. the next day, you're going in the grind back in the in the in the work stuff and church stuff. So for you, yeah. what does that look like, and how over the years have you learned um, to kind of make sure you're good to go? Yeah, I, I think I definitely learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now. I've had the privilege to be traveling as a preacher since the age of 23, and just I've been traveling since. And then especially in this season, I travel full time. Where before, where I was pastoring, right. And I think that if you do not create a, a rhythm or a structure, you will do things with a good heart, but you won't end up in the right headspace, right? A good heart doesn't mean a right head. You know, the, I have to make sure that I am doing things to make sure that I'm resting. I need to make sure that I'm doing things, that I'm spending time with my family. So, so often, you know, I, I get the beautiful privilege, let's say, speak at a church or an event. And, you know, they want you to be a part of the whole event because they're excited. And I'm excited for the event as well. But if I'm going to events weekly, I can't stay for the whole event. You know, if it works out that way, okay. But but honestly, man, 99.9 .9 times out of 100, uh, yeah. I am in and I'm out. And that's not mm -hmm. because I think anything of myself. It's just because I have a routine that I have to stick mm -hmm. to and I have to keep. You know, jet lag is a real thing. Um, oh, yeah. Rest is a real thing. Um, mm -hmm. Spending time with my with my wife, who you know, listen, we dated five years before we even got married, so we've been together way longer than we've been out. But I never get mm -hmm. so used to it that I'm just mm -hmm. thinking, well, you know, she, she'll be okay with it. Now, you know, when when I was a young leader, I thought that way in the sense of, ooh, I got this 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 opportunity, right? That's another trigger word. I got this opportunity and, oh, and God's yeah. going to use me. And, and he does use you. But but what he wants more than you're preaching a stage is how you're handling off the stage. And that could sound a bit cliche, but mm -hmm. how I'm handling my home, how I'm handling my marriage, how I'm handling my children. You know, my, my son is right. 16. He'll be out of the house in two years. So 
I'm trying to get as much time with him as possible before I kick him out. No, before he goes, no, let's go. Before he goes away to college, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I, I think that structure is really important. And you know, for the most part, um, most people understand that. Honestly, it's not even a conversation that I don't think uh, we we have. Or if we do, it's they're not having it with me. I I think for the most part, mm -hmm. people are really respectful of time. But yeah, I think yeah. you have to be diligent on it. You know. Because listen, when I'm traveling, yeah, no, for vacation, for sure. it's work. So I got to get mm -hmm. to, I got to get to bed early. I got to make sure that, mm -hmm. you know, I even have my routine in a hotel and what I'm doing and who I travel with. And I travel with the same person every week. His name is Al. Mm -hmm. uh, Al's been traveling with me for over a decade. And the reason why wow. I, he comes with me is because he's, he's committed for this season um, to be with me. And to help me as I travel. And we both look at it as, man, this is ministry. So we, we got, we got work to do. We're not lollygagging. We're not hanging out. We're not going out for coffees or, you know, anything extra, right. you know, if we can, we will, but. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I, and one, I respect it so much for the setting the boundary. My wife and I have had the privilege of being a part of conferences and all that type of stuff. And you, you always you feel the need to be a part of everything. And again, we're, we're kind of newer into that space and the expectation, but also being able to just say like setting the boundary of, man, I'm, I'm exhausted. We just did a panel or, and yeah. obviously just kind of need your, your time to refresh and all that. So I love that. And also uh, your kids are incredible. I follow you on Instagram. I've seen kind of uh -huh. watched over the years of them growing up and your, your, Man, your son's you. got a pretty good sne sneaker collection. I'm gonna be honest. We don't we're yeah. not gonna get into sneakers today, but it's pretty dope. Uh, we we could. I don't mind. I, I mean, it. I I grew up collecting. <laughs> I grew up collecting since I was maybe 11. Um, and it's it's New funny York, because man. when I got married, I actually sold 100 pairs of sneakers. Uh, and it paid for my wedding. Wow. And not to date Great. myself here, but but that was before like the whole reselling thing. Um, right. so sneakers, it's a big part of New York culture, but it's also just been something oh, yeah. that I've loved in. Yeah. I got Dylan onto sneakers early on where now he's just, he's far surpassed me and, and he'll trade and he'll flip so cool. and he, he loves it. Yes. It's the best man. Plus New York hustler. Let's go. I love it. We have <laughs> last couple of questions here. Uh, again, I've really enjoyed our time together for you. Like we talked, you mentioned that you, you've been married for quite some time. I've been married for two and a half years. So. I'm two and a half years in, what recommendation or advice would you give? So we just moved seven months ago across the country to be a part of a new church, new season, new life, all that. Uh, and again, you can kind of backdate it. So we dated in 2019, 2020, we got engaged, 2021, we got married. So we've yet to have a, a normal life in the past three years as anyone else has. But like, talk to the, talk to the young married couples. Like, what, what, should we, what should we avoid? What should we do? Yeah, you know, I think um, I, I think that what's normal, right? Like normal is wherever you are with right. your spouse and you're figuring it out, mm -hmm. um, you know, as you go. I, I think the best advice that I could give um, is to continue to fall in love every day. Mm -hmm. And I know that, that that sounds cliche, I get it. But men, specifically men, uh, because women, they seem to understand the concept typically a lot more than men. Men, we think because we are people that like to accomplish, we think because we propose, we get the ring, we say I do, we now bring in money. 
we now think we're good. We, we you know, we, we should be floating on air to our spouses. Our, our wives should be so madly in love with us because look at what we've done. And I, I've learned that, that young married men will think, you know, I got to go hang out with the boys and, you know, I'm still playing video games or, and I, I'm not knocking anyone playing video games. I mean, it's just this right. idea of, if you, if you are successful in your field, that's going to take a good amount of time in order to mm -hmm. be successful. So then what are you doing with the other time that you have? Uh, for me and my wife, man, I, I have learned over the years and she's learned over the years that we need to process with one another. And we need to communicate one another. And the truth is because she's my best friend, I'd rather hang mm -hmm. out with her than anybody else. You know, right. I'd, I'd rather hang out with her than an opportunity. You know, I remember being a young, young youth pastor. And I live in New York, so there's always different people mm -hmm. showing up to New York, whether preaching somewhere or vacation or, you know, they're putting on a concert and people would reach out, hey, man, let's get dinner. And it seems like a one-off thing, but it would happen so often that it was taking away from our time because we made the decision early on that we were going to raise our children and nobody else. So we don't have yeah. other people helping us raise our children. They're great people in our lives somebody was always going to be home with our children. So my wife doesn't travel with me for the most part because we have children. And which is funny in the whole preacher world, because, you know, there was an era, especially nineties, early two thousands. I'm really dating myself here. where like, you know, the pastor and the pastor's wife, they went everywhere together, especially for itinerant right. ministry or evangelist. And for us, we just made the decision early on that family was going to be number one. And I think that when you have that type of mindset, you are then saying, I'm going to invest everything I have into this marriage, into this relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's not just a big statement, because I think people are great at making big statements and big speeches, right? But it's like a right. decision that you make every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve my wife and she's going to serve me. And it's, it's not, I'm the man of God, so I'm served. No, it's, I'm the husband that's submitted to God. Therefore, I'm going to serve my bride because that's what we're called to do the same way the same way Jesus serves us, we're supposed to serve one another. So I serve my wife and I, I serve my children and I want to serve those that I'm doing ministry with and it works and vice versa. But especially in marriage, if your wife isn't funnest, most important, most beautiful, most enjoyable person in your life, there's a, there's a strong possibility. It's not that she changed. It's that you maybe have been investing too little. Yeah. That's so good. It's convicting. I hope everyone listening to this is like getting a reservation for a date night. Uh, yeah, get, get date night, man. Get, get, get <laughs> gifts. Go. Don't ever stop getting flowers and, yeah. you know, clean, clean the house. Don't just expect her right. to do, you know, I'm a horrible cook. I mean, so there are certain things that I don't make. Very few things that I do make. Right. My wife's a phenomenal cook, but I, I, I try to make breakfast. Same. You know, I try to make a sandwich, like yeah. just something to serve because... Right because all of that is, is what we do and do it without announcing it. Like I would be the right. guy early on, like, especially in the early days of social media, like, you know, posting on Facebook, ah, oh, just cleaned up the house. Like, it's so dumb. Like, why do we need to announce those things? Right. You know, yeah, like you know. men oftentimes yeah. could be like just toddlers, like looking for badges of honor because they completed right. a task. Like I did it. Look at right. me. It's like, bro, you're supposed to do that. Bro, you did the bare minimum. Let's go. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Last question, you, you mentioned something that I, I would love to hear your thoughts on. You said the word opportunity, and I, I believe every generation in, in the church space, like that's 
there's a natural inclination to kind of not chase it, but some people kind of do chase it in a way, or they they have big ambitions for that. They're like, man, I want to travel and preach. I want to do what Pastor Chris Durso does. I want to do like the and and again, the heart is probably pure. There's and again, we can't like I don't know. Um, yeah, let, 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 let's let's say it's pure. Let's give the benefit of the doubt. Right. Absolutely. So. How do we how do we sift through that and how do we steward that for the person listening to this? Because obviously ambitions are great, but how do we steward that and know and on the other side of it, how do we stay connected to our local church and submitted? Those are the two things that I'm interested to hear your thoughts on and then we'll we'll be done. Man, I love this conversation. So you just you might have said it was the last question, but you're probably gonna have me going for a little bit here because it's, oh, it's I'm this down. right here. If you steward what you have, mm -hmm. you never reach a place where you've stewarded it enough. All right, so you have a gift, you, you have a talent. Whatever that talent is, you've never arrived. You know, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I don't think that I have perfected preaching. I, I think I have a lot of work to do. I, I think that I need to 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 make sure that I am challenging myself and reading different books and trying different, different approaches when I'm sermonizing and I need to listen back to my sermons and I need to know that it wasn't the best. And now this is, this is completely outside of, man, when God moves and God does something great in a service, man, amen. But that was God's doing. So God is going to mm -hmm. do what God does. And I can't do what God does. I could only be responsible for what I'm expected to do, which is communicate the word of God. I want to make sure that I'm communicating it as clearly and as precise as possible. I don't mean to be offensive, but I think a lot of people think that they're good enough. And now <laughs> right. they're frustrated that people yeah. aren't booking them or bringing them in. The Bible says your gift makes room for you. And if your gift is not making room for you, then there's a possibility that you have not stewarded your gift enough. I'll also say mm -hmm. it's not everyone's it's not everyone's grace to travel. It's not everyone's grace to 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 be an itinerant preacher or an author or whatever it is may be. And I know that could sound probably easy for me to say, but let me let you in on a little bit of a secret here, okay? I love being home. I do not yeah. love traveling. I don't huh. I, I I will speak to guys who are just starting out talking about, I'm going to travel full time. And I look at them and with so much respect, like, how do you have enough faith to believe it's just going to happen? Yeah, now, right. I, I've seen God do it for me, but it's still, it's not like there isn't a moment where it's scary or is my calendar going to be full because this is how I, I, I feed my family. Like all of those human emotions that I don't think we admit enough, I'm all about putting it on the chopping block and, and talking about it because I think that, I I, th I think that these are good, healthy conversations for people to hear. You know, it just humanizes it. But right. going back to the point, when your gift makes room for you, it's going to make room for you. It says it says that it'll bring you, it'll bring you into the company of great men and great women. If if, if it's not, I would say keep stewarding your gift. And let me also say, if it is bringing you into the company of great men and women, great. Keep stewarding your gift. Keep perfecting it. Keep keep mm -hmm. challenging yourself. I, I don't ever just think, yeah. I got it. I'm just going to go up there. I'm going to preach. It's going to go great because, you know, uh, that, that. I mean, I don't know anyone that's great at what they do that thinks like that. Mm -hmm. I know a no. lot of people that that are frustrated that they're not moving the way that they want to and they think that they're, they're good enough. Well, my friend, that's called entitlement. That mm -hmm. says 
I should have these things because I am already great. And I just know that in this world, the people that are operating at a high caliber, none of the people I know, and I could say with a clear conscience, none of them operate that way. Now, I don't care what you think by seeing social media, none of it, and none of them made it happen. Somebody may mm -hmm. be able to make something happen, but it doesn't yeah. mean that God is going to breathe on it and allow it to continually happen. You know what I always say? I always say that I wish that every leader, every preacher, let's just talk about preaching for a second, got yep. the biggest opportunity that they thought was there. So whatever they thought the biggest stage was, I pray that they get it. Yeah. And what's going to happen is they're going to realize that just because they had a big moment, a mm -hmm. moment does not transpire to a lifetime. This idea of going viral is very misleading. Because what right. it suggests is if I get one clip to go viral, now my whole life is going to change. Man, that's just not true. There, there are so many people that have gone viral that you've never heard of again. You, you yeah. might remember them if you see a video. But, but if we're talking about sustainability and success, man, that, that's God's doing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, just, I mean, think about it. You got, you got one hit wonders in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, like rock sure. bands that came out with one song. And that my was goodness. it. And we don't, we don't want to be those people. We don't want to be. Want to be stewards and yeah, no, a hundred percent. I love it. And even kind of wrapping this up, maybe speak the last thought. What is the one thing that you've been chewing on? Maybe something you've been processing, even as you're traveling and sitting with Jesus. Like, what is the one thought or one recommendation you want to submit to this audience? Yeah, the the, the verse. I've actually been studying First Kings and Matthew simultaneously, and I've just been looking at the life of Elijah and. You know, the life of Elijah is it's so interesting, right? Because he's this incredible man of God. He's this prophet. We don't get a lot about him, but we get a whole lot about him. Meaning we get these, mm -hmm. we get these stories and these stories are so meaty, but we don't get to like follow his entire life and, and ministry. And, the, and really the, the main interaction we get is between him and Ahab and Jezebel and the impact that Jezebel's words make on his life. And and he, he has this moment of just self-righteousness mm -hmm. where after he wants to die and the angel feeds him and the angel says, get up and eat. And then he goes back, he gets up, he eats, he goes back to sleep. And then the angel comes back and feeds him again. And then he travels 40 days, right? And 40 nights and he ends up on the mountain and God says, what are you doing here? And he gives this big old speech. And he, what does he say? He says, I'm the only one. I'm. I'm the only one. I'm, I'm the only one that wants to live for God. I'm the only one that wants to serve God. I'm the only one. And when, he, when, he, when he's saying that, he's, he's saying as if there's no one else. It's just not true. The Bible lets us know that God continues. says, look, I got 7,000 that have not bowed their knees to Baal and have not kissed Baal. Are, are you kidding me? You're, you're not the only one. Who you are, who you are is a man just like all the other men. And all the other women, you're, you're not the only one. And I, I've, been, I've been paying attention to that spirit because there's a spirit of self-righteousness that leaders have where they think mm. they're the only ones doing great things for God. You're not the only one. Doing. There, there's a lot of great people doing a lot of great things for God. There's a lot of people that haven't bowed. But you know where you're not mm. the only one? You're not the only one that's held sad. Elijah, you're not the only one that's felt depressed. There are so many great men of God that we could list off, whether it was Job or Moses, that has had moments of, of, of being overwhelmed, Gideon, and just wanting to give up. You, you're not the only one, which also tells me that whether you have the title of prophet, preacher, warrior, 
you're still going to struggle with some things. And I've just been really focusing on the humanity of these great men of God because that was a lie he told himself. So much Mm -hmm. so that when standing in the presence of Almighty God, he told God the same lie. He fed himself a lie. I'm the only one, God. Do you know what are you going to do? And God's like, bro, what are you? You're not the only one. You're not the only one. And look at the response, by the way, to help him get better. Rest, which the leaders hate to do. Yep. A word, get up, just stand up, which speaks to salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And here it is, eat. 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 Yeah. Rest. And eat. I, I think right. the leaders would do a lot better if they rested more, they received words more, and they ate more. There's yeah. this beautiful verse in Ecclesiastes that says, um, it says to eat and drink and have a good time. It's what Ecclesiastes says. It says, eat, drink, have a good time. It's the it's what God gives us because of how difficult life is. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it says. How yeah. beautiful is that? It, it's that's it's beautiful. what God gives us because of how difficult life could be. It, it mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing that 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 God would tell us, man, learn how to enjoy yourself. Hey, and enjoying yourself isn't getting more preaching gigs. Which I hate that word gig, by the way. (laughs) It's not more conferences. Hey, just rest. Which, by the way, Robert Morris so beautifully points out that the Sabbath is one of, honoring the Sabbath is one of the commandments. And yet all the other commandments, Mm -hmm. we would say we would never break, right? We would never commit adultery. We would never murder. We would never steal. And he says, and yet in that same grouping is honor the Sabbath. And yet we break that all the time. Because we oh, yeah. we don't even see the value in rest. Man, if I could talk to a leader right now, learn how to pick a rhythm, yep. have a structure, learn how to rest. I think that life would go better if you took a nap. I think life mm-hmm. would go better if you stopped striving. I think it would go better if you just got up and stood in who you are and not try to be anyone else. Don't, don't, don't try to uh, emulate someone else so much so that you're now thinking it's you versus them, right? Like you're, you're watching someone on social media that you've never met and you're thinking they're your competition. Right. We've all been there. We've all done that. So now get up and oh, be yeah. you and eat. Eat the Take, word of God. Yeah. Go to Enjoy yourself. Go to Chipotle, man. Get the extra guac. Pay the extra money. Let's go. <laughs> That's so good. Well, such brilliant insight and wisdom from you. I appreciate you so much uh, for getting oh, on and having you, a com- conversation. Uh, I hope that we'd have another conversation someday. And uh, if you're ever in Southern California, let's go. Love it so let's much. Let's go. I also, I do have a New York Yankee tattoo and I tried my best not to show you because I do know you're a Mets fan. Didn't want our relationships to start off in a rocky place. Hey, hey, let me, let me just tell you another secret. I'm a New York fan. Um, the, yeah. the only thing when it comes to basketball is I'm a Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. fan because, you know, yep. I'm chaplain for the Nets. So other than that, I'm Yankees, I'm Met, I'm whoever. I, I'd wear that hat. I think that hat is awesome, by the way. It looks great on you. Thanks. Um, so I, I'd, I'd wear any hat. Let's go. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Boom, we did it. Thanks for being on.